You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. Infrastructure is the hot topic in the country, without doubt, uh, after the president announced that the Nedlac partners have agreed to an historic economic compact. The details uh, still to be released, but uh, undoubtedly infrastructure is going to be a core pillar. In April, we had calls from the private equity industry to increase prudential limits on asset allocation imposed by Regulation 28 of the Pension Funds Act. And if you throw in the spectre of prescribed assets, you have a potentially poisonous cocktail for the economy, but done the right way, and it could present into a pathway to prosperity out of South Africa's COVID-induced economic depression. Well, to discuss how this all comes together, I'm joined now by Leon Kumpfer, who's the CEO of ASISA, that's the Association for Savings and Investments uh, South Africa. Leon, uh, great to chat again. Thank you. Now, let's just deal with the elephant first up. Are prescribed assets uh, a concern for ASISA? Michael, to say it hasn't been is not true. This debate has been on the table for many years and ASISA with its members have engaged on an ongoing basis around this issue to various forums, NEDLAC uh, with government, with the ANC policy unit, etc. Uh, where we indicated to them the danger of prescribed assets and the unintended consequences. Uh, all that, all those presentations, those papers, can be viewed on our website if anybody is interested. What we are saying, however, is that, you know, since 2019, when it was first raised by the IRR, we agree with them, things have changed. And COVID has happened. And what we've realized is that we face a fiscal cliff and that uh, we now need to work together. And everybody agrees, all the economic recovery plans that were presented to the president, that's from Business for South Africa, where we were involved, government, community and labor all agreed that one of the ways to catalyze economic growth is through infrastructure investment. Historically, there's not been much investment because there were no projects. When the IPP came to market, which was viable, fundable, it raised 200 billion of capital from the private sector. So there's nothing wrong with investing in infrastructure. It depends on projects. Uh, prescribed assets would just increase debt levels. What we've got to do is invest directly in projects. Historically, the main investors have been the banks, the CISA life office members of their big balance sheets, and the DFIs. There's absolutely nothing wrong with retirement funds to invest in infrastructure as long as they are viable projects. That is the bottom line here. If the bankable project offers a risk-adjusted return, there is certainly no problem investing in that. And to that end, Leon, uh, I believe ASISA has released the ASISA standard on infrastructure. Before we talk about that, though, would you say that the IRR is um, trying to stir up controversy where there is none? Look, I mean, it's their democratic right to do what they are doing. We merely issued the press statement because they write to a lot of our members. And what uh, they don't seem to understand, me personally and ASISA as a body, it's not our view. We are mandated by our members, and particularly the ASISA board, to actually have issued the press statement. And that was in response to letters that were all sent to me from our members that they got from the IRR. The mere fact that we pointed out is 
Things have changed since 2019. We've got COVID. Everybody's working together now. In all the economic recovery plans that were tabled to the president, there was not a single mention of prescribed assets. Now, I can understand that some people are saying, well, if we talk about Reg 28 and changing it, it is just a subtle prescription. Historically, internationally, pension funds invest in infrastructure projects. What's also not clearly understood is that most big infrastructure projects require unlisted equity and unlisted debt. Now, the only ecosystem that can do that within the retirement fund space are probably the big defined benefit pension funds because they can take a long view and they have historically done it. The bulk of the big defined benefit pension funds don't fall under Reg 28 anyway. That's the GPF, Transnet, and a couple of others. The second point we've made is that for the Provident fund ecosystem, for them, often liquidity is important, given the nature of those funds and, to some extent, the lack of preservation. We've been working with the World Bank, etc., and within the CISA and its members with the banks to bring to market listed green bonds or project bonds so that if a provident fund does want to invest at project level, there are listed bonds which they can trade in and out of as their liquidity requirements determine. The other point we just want to make is the president convened a meeting of government and all the private sector participants and the DFIs on the 18th of Feb about infrastructure to remove the bureaucracy to have one single entry point, which led to the formation of the Infrastructure Investment Office in the presidency, which has now become Infrastructure South Africa. Ourselves, the banks, have been working very closely with Dr. Ramakhopa and his team. There's very heavy involvement by the private sector and the DFIs, and that has now become Infrastructure South Africa. It will be one single portal for all infrastructure, and there's already about 380 billion worth of infrastructure projects that have been gazetted. And it's a very good indication of public-private partnership. So the private sector is very involved, and we believe it's a very big step in the right direction. And those strategic infrastructure projects uh, were gazetted uh, probably just over a month ago now, which uh, meant that there were 60 days in a window within which a lot of the regulatory bottlenecks had to be cleared away. Uh, chatting to Dr. Josienzo Ramakorpa, he did say that for the last 10 years, um, it's not uh, surprising that trust has ebbed to its lowest levels uh, that we've seen in the post-democratic era because of corruption, because of a failure to deliver. Yeah. But he said the time now is uh, for, for government to stop talking about things and just deliver. He was very matter-of-fact about it, yes, which seems we, to we, engender he's confidence. Engaged, he's engaged with us and the CISA board. Uh, we've got private sector people. We're now populating infrastructure in South Africa with old-hand skills. The private sector will be represented on the investment committee and the feasibilities will be checked and the projects will roll out. The, the, the major themes that have been identified is obviously energy, particularly renewables, water and sanitation, a, uh, the digital economy and digital infrastructure, uh, what we call ports, rail and road, human settlements and student accommodation.
And one of the reasons we want a single portal is historically everybody tried to do their own thing and with the president's own admission, government departments, uh, provincial governments and local authorities don't have the skill. That's why we're now centralizing it through ISA and projects will be brought to the table, they will be assessed and then the bidding window for funding will open and that hopefully will happen shortly. It does sound, Leon, like uh, a lot of the concern around prescription is disingenuous and we are indeed heading in the right direction. You know, I'm probably the wrong guy to ask that because I'm an internal optimist, Michael. But, you know, we've business has been very involved through Business for South Africa, which you're probably aware of, uh, which was a coming together of business unity in the Black Business Council. And we put together pro bono across the whole of the private sector, people that worked for hours on end to assist government, health professionals, finance people. And out of that flowed uh, economic recovery plan from Business for South Africa. Obviously, government have got their own one. The Labour presented theirs and the community groups. And we were hugely encouraged with the level of convergence between all the plans. Obviously, there are going to be some differences, but if you ask me to put a number on it, I would say in excess of 90% convergence, which is get infrastructure going, stop talking, let's implement. Let's look at the sectors and let's have sector plans, which is already happening, uh, which the president also launched under the PPGI, the Public-Private Growth where we've private sectors populated that unit. There's some really good skills there. And, uh, you know, we launched another initiative out of the job summit called TAMDEV, Technical Assistance, Mentorship and Development, uh, which is housed in the National Business Initiative, which is funded by the private sector, and that is to build a database of old-hand skills to deploy to assist government in its delivery and they've already signed an agreement with Cogta and started to work with a couple of the local authorities. That is bottom line stuff. Uh, Leon Campos, CEO of CESA, the Association of Savings and Investment South Africa, talking about uh, the, the practical issues and what's happening to address them, certainly on the capacity side. Great to hear that uh, private sector skills, old hands, are being deployed to help government uh, with this renewed focus and energy on infrastructure. Are prescribed assets a concern in South Africa? I certainly take the view that uh, the issue right now needs to be put to bed and uh, we need to just get on with delivering and stop talking about uh, side issues.